Hello, friends, and welcome to a golf podcast unlike any other. This is Fairway Rollin' on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House. Every week on Fairway Rollin', it is myself and our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard, talking all things professional golf, amateur golf, amateur betting, professional betting, amateur drinking, professional drinking by birdie buddies. If you want to hit them straight out there, please check out Fairway Rolling every week. Available on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. It is the Ring NFL Show, part of the Ring Podcast Network. I am Kevin Clark, Emergency Edition. You were supposed to, around this time, hear Ben Solak and Danny Kelly talk about the top rookie wide receivers. A little Traylon Burks argument. Uh, instead, <laughs> Tyler Murray has signed a $230 million five-year deal with the Cardinals that will keep him in Arizona, $160 million guaranteed. Danny Kelly is here to break it down. Danny, what's going on, brother? What's happening, man? How are you doing? I'm processing this. Yeah. Um, there's so much to unpack with the Cardinals, just as an organization. Um, I don't know where to start. Let's start here. Yeah. Is Kyler Murray worth a mega extension? I think so, yes. I, I think there's obviously going to be question marks about his long-term future in the league because he's had some ups and downs as a passer. But at the end of the day, I was just looking at like his numbers over his first three years in the, in the NFL, and he's been... Mm-hmm. I mean, he's improved gradually every season he's been in the league. Last year, I was actually surprised to see he was third in PFF's passing grade, uh, first in big-time throw rate. So he's making big-time First plays. in big-time throw, yeah. And over the middle of the field, he improved this, uh, last year, which is important because yep. his height has been, a, his vision is height. People, right. That has been uh, something people have dinged him on. He improved. He's not yeah. ever going to be Drew Brees there. He's not ever going to be uh, Peyton Manning, but he, he's, he improved in that area of the field. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, look, there's I think there's always going to be limitations, like you said, but... The improvement is there. His completion rate has gone up each year. His pass rating has gone up each year. His yards per attempt has gone up each year. And the Cardinals record, by the way, has improved each year. Um, wow. So it's one of those things where I look at this, I'm saying like we could get into the weeds about exactly how much they gave him. I'm not too worried about that because this is what quarterbacks make. Yeah. I just don't think they can move on from him at this point. Like they're, they're pot committed. It makes so much sense for them to re-up him and just basically hitch their wagon to him for the long term because like what else are they going to do that you know 
it just doesn't make any sense for them to move on from him. And um, so, you know, I, I'm actually pretty bullish on Kaido mm-hmm. long term. He did. He has some personality quirks, I think, that probably rub people the wrong way. But um, at the end of the day, like like I said, he's improved each year. And, you know, I think he's still improving. He's still going to get better. And they're doing a better job, it feels like, of putting some talent around him. So um, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's a bad deal at all. Okay. First of all, you said something in there that should be the tagline for the entire Cardinals franchise, which is the phrase, what else were they going to do? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's it. It just feels like that's been their their operating mode for the past couple of years. Uh, when you say personality quirks, do you mean he's a gamer? <laughs> no, I just mean, like, I think, you know, based on the interviews I've seen, that some of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the scrubbing of his socials and all that, I know a lot of athletes well, do that yeah. these days, but um, I just think, you know, obviously he's not sort of... Uh, the standard, what I think a lot of teams would want a quarterback to be, like gregarious in interviews and things mm-hmm. like that. He sort of just doesn't really talk a whole lot kind of deal like in, in, in the interviews that I've seen. So um, maybe that's the deal. But uh, yeah, again, like you said, they had to do it. Like They had no other choice, I really feel like. I don't. I, I have a couple things on that. Number one is that I was thinking about this and I was going to say that this was a particularly ugly situation and it wasn't ugly at all. Like Kyler Murray rele- took off Cardinals from his Instagram. And then Eric Burkhardt, their agent, released a statement, like, in February. Like, yeah. that was it. Like, it got, maybe it felt ugly, but, like, if this is the ugliest NFL contract negotiations can get, then NFL teams are doing pretty well with their franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. The personality thing, I, I, I kind of think we're in year, like, 10 of people, we see a, a franchise quarterback and we say, well, he doesn't really have the personality for it. Right. I don't think that this generation of quarterbacks this isn't 1985 anymore i I think that there's a lot more low-key quarterbacks who i I mean i I would almost say like i was gonna say lead by example but they don't even have to do that like i don't i don't think you need you can find the rah-rah guys at other in other parts of the field um to run the locker room and all that stuff i don't think you need that sort of command the room leader of men i don't think there's a lot of franchise quarterbacks who do that i mean look at the listen everybody loves Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, the two quarterbacks who won the Super Bowl last year. I, neither of those guys are, are anything other than kind of chill bros. So yeah. I don't. I think the Herbert. personality thing to me, Herbert, these guys are, yeah. that personality thing to me has gotten overrated to the point that I think most of it is junk science. I think the, the bigger thing when you're, yeah. when you're talking about scouting quarterback personalities is, is work ethic, which I don't think has been questioned in any of the people um, that we just named over the course of, of their career. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Cardinals offense. So, this team regressed over the course of the season. Yes. It was real bad. It was mm-hmm. real bad at the end. And the playoff game was a complete disaster. And I think that people started to question the long-term viability of everything that was going on there. Um, not just Kyler, but but Cliff, who got an extension. Kime, who got an extension. Like, what, what, what direction is this flowing in? Yeah. Give me, first of all, the best case for this Cardinals offense this year so the best case is they don't regress terribly down the second half of the year because that's happened i think every year that uh cliff has been the coach the best case is they don't do what they do all the time be consistent they need to be consistent so i think look their injuries always are a factor um so you can obviously point to some of the injuries they sustained that that contributed to their regression down the down the stretch um, I also could say, you know, the Rams did end up winning the Super Bowl, so that was clearly a very good team. So you can't really like look too much into their performance uh, in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think number one, they need to be more consistent throughout the year, start to finish. 
I, I do think the addition of Marquise Brown will help them. You know, I think that sure. the offense that they want to run, um, they need more explosive plays, I think. They need a little bit more uh, oomph in their passing game and in terms of, like, the talent at receiver. You know, um, I think he... I, I do think he is an upgrade over Christian Kirk. So I think that there's some opti- room for optimism there. Um, maybe get more out of Rondell Moore in year two, things like that. There's some there's some good things that they can do um, to improve down the stretch. And then getting, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins back after six weeks suspension, maybe he can be a little more fresh down, down the stretch or whatever. I don't know. Like, I don't know how exactly they're going to do it, but they, they just yeah, need to I be better in the second half. But I don't, uh, but what happened? Like what, I think we're all looking at it and saying, and you watch a hell of a lot more film than I do. I think we're all looking at it and saying like, why is this a tailspin? And I could never really get a read on it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably something where you point to Cliff's play calling, getting a little bit stale, wow. a little bit predictable. Wow. Um, you know, again, I think the injury situations always always seem to matter. Kyler f- has faded down the stretch in, in each of his three seasons. I don't know if that's, you know, teams figuring him out or what. Um, could but it that's be something... just his frame and just getting banged up? Yeah, I mean, he, he does seem to get sort of banged up each year. And so, again, that's like why I think he wanted to run less. He's probably going to want to run even less this year. Um, be more of a just drop back passer, take fewer hits, things like that. Um, but I don't know. I, they're, I'm sure, searching for this answer of what, what they can do to uh, to not have this like collapse in the second half. Um, but I think that is, again, the, it's, the, it's the crucial thing for them. It's the key uh, for you know, continuing to build. And I think, again, like if you look, it's funny because on a macro level, they have improved each year. But when you look at each season, they start hot and then fade down the stretch. They need to get out of that, um, out of that pattern, I think, to uh, really take a next jump here. It's, it's really incredible because Cliff, every step, every season that he's been a head coach, even go back to college, has faded down the stretch. And you just wonder, and this is a completely <laughs> yeah. separate situation, but like McVay had that where his EPA per play just plummeted in the second half. And I don't know. I think at some point you just need to have, you just need to shake it up a little bit in the second half. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe it's, it's predictable. I think one thing about Cliff is what disappointed me is that if you remember when he first came into Arizona, I think we all had pretty low expectations for him. I, it was a strange hire. Mm-hmm. He had just been fired uh, he, from, from a college job. He was going to take the OC job at USC. Um, and he becomes a head coach in Arizona with the first overall pick. And, and you just think this is a really weird place for a guy like that to be inserted where I think right, a lot of people would have right. taken that job okay and part of it was they I think that from what I understand they they didn't like that uh, they have a def- having a defensive coach the year before they wanted a quarterback guru well yeah. there are a bunch of other quarterback gurus it's not like Cliff was the the one guy <laughs> the only who guy. was a quarterback yeah the only quarterback yeah. guy um there were a lot of them and so he comes in with low expectations and then the expectations change because he actually adapted yep. in a way yep. I thought was pretty impressive. The way he used the wide receivers, the way he spread the ball out, his, his run concepts. I actually liked what he did over the first half of his first year. And so my expectations recalibrated, but there hasn't been anything beyond that. Like nothing nothing Cliff has done since being not terrible has impressed me. So yeah, I mean, what you were referencing, I think, is they started out, Cliff came in, he wanted to run this four or five wide, like, air raid thing. He realized he didn't really have the guys to do it, and he adapted. He started running more three receiver sets, two receiver sets, things like that. More, I guess, just traditional NFL offenses. And he, so he showed his ability to adapt. He showed, um, I think he proved that he's willing to 
change on the fly if something isn't working. But like you were also saying, he he hasn't really taken the next step and like really turned this team around, turned this offense around, turned it into a juggernaut. Um, I am kind of intrigued though. The one thing that always stands out to me is, is last year, like DeAndre Hopkins is just like lining up in the same spot every play and yes. running the same routes every play. Like I would love to see them get a little more creative. You know, I think it's interesting that they re-signed Zach Ertz and then drafted a tight end in the second round. Maybe that means that they're going to do more uh, lean even further into like two tight end sets. Um, maybe that will help them get their run game going a little bit more. I, they've always they've had pretty like efficient run games, and I do like James Conner, um, but maybe they want to be a little bit more balanced. I don't know. I I do think though, like to your point, big picture is they need to become, I think, more like adaptable and more creative because mm-hmm. that is probably why they faded down the stretch every season. It's like teams kind of start to figure out what they do, and they become less efficient and and the things that they're doing early in the year just don't work as much anymore. So um, I would just like to see them become a little more creative, move guys around a little bit more, uh, maybe more, you know, frequency with like two tight end sets, things like that. Cause um, you know, that could be the key for them unlocking things in the second half. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm personal price plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And 1, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Joe Burrow is going to be the next quarterback who gets a mega contract at some point. Um, 230 is the total 
value of Deshaun Watson's deal, difference being Deshaun Watson was completely guaranteed because somehow right. within, within a day of not being charged by the grand jury, he became the player with the most leverage in the history of football. Um, that, was, uh, that was quite a swing. Um, anyway, uh, how does this change the way quarterbacks are paid? Because you alluded to this earlier, Danny, but this is the cost of doing business. Like I'm more offended yeah. at the ex- extensions for Cliff and Kime than I am at giving... <laughs> right. Kyler Murray, $160 million. I'd say that, so $46 million is, which is what Kyler's getting, that puts him with Mahomes and Watson. The Mahomes deal being completely different because it's it's 10 years, it was signed, it was supposed to be team-friendly. He's going to get $500 million out of the deal. He's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Watson de- thing, already in a separate bucket, Aaron Rodgers, $50 million one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game, still in his prime. I get it. So we got to wonder, I feel like the Joe Burrow number 48, 49, and we got to wonder how long it's going to take the Bengals to get there and, and realize this. Because for me, I, I think that I, this, there's a reason I haven't moved off of this analogy. It's like real estate over across the bridge here in Manhattan, where I, you know, in 2010, I was hearing these numbers and I was going, there's no way. <laughs> right, right. There's no way a condo costs that much. And then, you know, I should have just bought it. Yeah. I should have handed over. Yeah. I should have just emptied out my accounts to, to <laughs> over-leverage myself to get it because it would have been a bargain, relatively speaking. And, right. you know, I go back to something. I've shared this story before, but when, when Matt Ryan became the first $30 million quarterback, I was with Dimitrov in his office, like, I don't know, like three days later. And I said, you know, I think that, I think it might be, that might be a bargain in like two years. And he joked and he was like, how long did you say? And I was like, oh, like, it might be a bargain like tomorrow. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, that's more like it. And so any quarterback deal, as long as the guy is a true franchise quarterback, you think of someone like Dak Prescott, who got, who got locked in for 40. Um, Russell Wilson's still at 35 average year, but that will be redone um, with Denver at some point. Our guy, Kirk Cousins, is getting after it with 35. Always, um, always. Always, yeah. always getting after it. Um, so what does this do to the future quarterback pay, Danny Kelly? Yeah. I mean, it's just going to keep going up, right? And I think, obviously, the cap is going to go up, too. And so you, you really want to look at percentage of the cap that these these quarterbacks are making. I think the one thing, the first thing that I thought of that was interesting was that he didn't get a fully guaranteed deal. There was, I think, some fear when Deshaun Watson got his deal that this was going to be the new paradigm for how contracts are done for quarterbacks and it would change everything and all that. And this is clearly not happening. Like, I think that's probably, um, you know, something that all the, the ownership, all the teams want to, to not mm-hmm. be the case. And so um, I think that's an important thing. And then the other thing, of course, is even before Burrow, we got to figure out what's going on with Lamar too. Lamar Jackson is still negotiating his deal or right. maybe not negotiating it. It sounds like there hasn't been a lot of movement yet. So I'm going to be very interested to see where, what he gets too. Um, yeah. But yeah, from, from Lamar to Burrow to, uh, you know, eventually these other younger guys, right. I, it's going to be, it's just going to continue to go up. And I, and so I, Lamar, Yep. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, I don't even bat an eye at it. it. It's it's exactly what you said where um, it used to be a bigger deal when you see some of these contracts and you're like, holy crap, that's crazy. Like, how could they do that? But then like the next week, someone gets an even higher one. You know, a few months later, someone gets an even higher one. And then all of a sudden, like two years down the road, all these other deals look like bargains. So um, I'm just not even batting an eye at that, really. Well, I, I would also say that there was a there was a year there where 
I think it was the 2016-2017 era where all these guys were going back and forth with the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, and yeah. they were way worse than the guys now who are the highest-paid. Like, I'd rather have <laughs> Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, these guys, be at the top. Like, Derek Carr was the highest-paid quarterback in the highest-paid player in the NFL in 2017 mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. I think Stafford passed him after that, or maybe that for was reversed. For a couple weeks. Re- I love that. The reason yeah. I didn't bring up Lamar is because, first of all, I think that that's a separate category to me. Mm. Because it looks like, it looks like he's going to play the franchise tag game. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems mm-hmm. like they haven't been engaging. Um, maybe it all gets done very quickly. But it feels like Lamar wants to see how close he can get to, to the free market, which we've yeah. never, we've seen Kirk Cousins, which was a separate category. He was so offended by Washington and then Washington bungled it. And then, yeah, yeah. They, like, they, listen, why don't, we don't need to relitigate what Washington did with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, but, and then, and then he goes, he, Kirk has two choices, the Jets and the Vikings, and he ends up taking the Vikings. And, and when I talked to Rick Spielman about it a couple of days after it happened, he said, listen, we had to guarantee that money because somebody else would. That's what happens when a quarterback goes in the free market. If Lamar got to the free market, what are we looking at? Yeah. That's... 60, 60, 60 yeah. a year. I mean, keeping in mind, they can tag him three times. Right. So this is like, a, it's going to be so long and drawn out. I think the, the, you know, the balance, a lot of these quarterbacks are going to want to make it. And like, maybe Lamar just has the nerve to like, not care and just ride it out. But like, they want the, security, the long-term security, the the guarantees, you know, especially for a guy like Lamar who runs so much, like, I, you know, it's going to be, that's going to be the team's leverage is like, we're going to be able to, you know, give you this long-term security and long-term money. So if you do get hurt, you're still going to be, you know, a very rich person. So um, I, I think that that's going to be the thing to see. And it, maybe you're right. Like maybe this will just play out over a few years. It's going to be kind of, it's going to be very interesting to see. So, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I do think like all these quarterbacks are worth the money. Like, you know, they're, they're so, so important to the success of a team that I think teams have no choice and, and they're right to pay these guys this amount of money. Expectations for the 2022 Cardinals. I actually think that they're, they're going to be a playoff contender. You know, I think a lot of teams are maybe saying it's going to be the 49ers. And the, well, and the they Rams. did make the playoffs last year. True. Um, I you know, hope they're. I hope they're a playoff contender. I'll be totally honest with you. When I was kind of like prepping for this pod, looking at some of the like recent numbers with Kyler and with the team overall, I'm like, I don't, I don't really understand exactly why everyone's so low on the Cardinals. I do think it is sort of the way that they faded over the last few seasons, and I get that, and, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, but the trajectory for this team overall has been pretty solid. Honestly, they've they've been getting better, and I think that uh, in some ways they got better for next year. I think that there's definitely question marks, you know on maybe like their offensive line and things like that would could be an Achilles heel for them. But, um, you know, I think that they're going to be a pretty good team. And I think that this division, the NFC West division is very, very good. So, um, you know, I, I do think the one thing that you mentioned at the very beginning is like the decision to, to retain Kime and Kingsbury long-term, which happened before this yes. was to me, the more interesting thing than like what, is the natural progression here with Kyler, which they needed to resign him. I think um, deciding to roll with these two guys, the the GM and the coach for the long term, I think is like, you know, obviously that's in the past it's happened, but to me, that was an interesting decision. And I think it was more just like, they didn't want to try and change everything again. Like they just wanted some continuity for the sake of continuity. Well, they, they re-signed those guys at the combine. And I Mm -hmm. will tell you that that was, that, that bewildered much of the league, (laughs) I would say. To, to re-sign those yeah. two guys and when they're trying to get their quarterback under contract. And the theory I heard on the statement 
that Kyler and his team released was that they were trying to create urgency because they didn't want a this is some somebody from a, a, a another team told me that this is this is sort of how these things go mm-hmm. is that they didn't want Kyler to be the last person to sign because then the team can say, well, we only have this much money. You want the quarterback to be the first person to sign in those wave of extensions for a team because then afterwards they'll say, well, we, you know, we get we, we sign this left tackle. We sign this linebacker. Don't you want to help the team? Why don't you take $10 million less? And they're yeah. like, nah, decided not to do that. Um, and that's when it gets really ugly. We didn't get to that spot. Obviously, everybody's happy, all that. Um, so I don't, I, I think this ended as well as it could have for, for Kyler. He gets paid. He gets to prove himself. Um, Cliff keeps his job, which apparently is the most important thing to the Arizona infrastructure is that Kyle and Cliff get to continue there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think that this this is some some huge shock to anybody. Yeah, I mean, the alternative is they just blow everything up, and then maybe Kyler's like, you know, I don't want to come back, and and then they really have to start Wait. from from zero. That would have been you like, like you, 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 that would have oh, been the yeah, alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been the alternative to extending time, to extending Cliff, extending Kyler. Is they decide this isn't working out. We're going to start from scratch. We're going to have to start get a new GM. We're going to have to get a new coach. Um, because you know, I don't know if they're going to give Kime another opportunity to hire a new coach and, and you know, potentially draft another quarterback if Kyler ends up leaving, if the, the relationship sure. sours. So, uh, yeah, I, I really look at this as like they just chose continuity over the actual individual people involved, um, if that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. That's <laughs> that's what they did. They just said, oh, this guy's here. That sounds good to me. <laughs> Let's um, just roll it again. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, anything else in this? NFC West? Not the Seahawks aren't competing anymore? Yeah, the Seahawks, I mean, man, this in particular, like the Seahawks are just the most boring team now in the NFC West. Like the NFC West has been good for I a don't long agree time, with but... that. I, I cannot wait to see this quarterback competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not for like a reason like it's actually exciting. It's more like you're morbidly fascinated with what will happen kind of deal, maybe. Can you go to camp? Can we get you out there <laughs> to cover the the most depressing quarterback yeah. competition of all time? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Did you? Did, are you picking a winner right now? I didn't listen to the pod you guys did the other day yet. Did you guys? Did you declare a early winner yet for that competition? For, oh no. Um, Where do you lean? I think it's. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Geno Smith. He knows the too. system. I do too. <laughs> The guy who's like the most allergic to turnovers in the world and Pete Carroll. Do we really think Drew Locke's gonna be the starter? Uh I I, I, I I'm I'm done. You you're you're more of a Seahawksologist than I am. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I leave every Gino time right every now. time I text you and me about the Seahawks, I, I get the feeling that I've made your day much worse. <laughs> like yeah, I feel, you know what I'm saying? Like, like bringing it up. Stop guys, bringing it up. Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm just like, Oh, every time those guys, you say some send me text backs and be like, Oh, this is, this actually is not nearly as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Anything else. We have to have a great time. But if I'm just like, if someone tweets something about the quarterback condition, I throw it towards you guys. I'm like, Oh, this, this really brought the mood down. <laughs> Talking about the thing you guys like more than anything <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. All right, uh, guys. Um, we'll be back. When's your next week? We'll have the we'll have you want to give us I believe 10 so. Seconds yes, on, you want it. You want to give us 10 seconds on Traylon Burks? Yeah, Traylon Burks, highest variance receiver in this draft class. Cannot wait to see this whole thing play out. Does he have asthma? Is he just out of shape? Is he going to be awesome? Is he going to be terrible? I don't know. 
but it's going to be really fun to watch. Just questions we all face in our daily lives. Are we just out of shape or are we going to be awesome? Uh, Or both, or both. In my case, certainly. Um, All right. Danny Kelly, see you later, buddy. This has been the Rana Fellowship and Learner Podcast Network. Thank you to Spine Anderson with additional production supervision by Arjuna Ramble. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.